Draw it again. Draw it again. That's the movie Ronin. You know, we praise the XFL, and that same day, that very same day, it goes out of business. And then we only comment on it a week later. I'll get back to that at some point. And oh yeah, the Kindle Vildor, whose name we quite possibly might still be mispronouncing. Play that we mentioned last episode, that can be seen on YouTube. The entire Georgia Southern UMass 2017 football game is posted, and I think the big forced fumble is at the very end of the first quarter. It's not like the greatest play in human history to look at. It's not going to take your breath away, but it, it was a little unusual. It was inspiring. It was impressive, and it made us remember the name three years later of a possible, maybe perhaps future NFL player. I'm your host, Doug. Thank you for listening to the Sportscast. The Indianapolis 500, the Indy 500, is problematic. The racing series, IndyCar, is unfortunately not mainstream. But IndyCar's big event, the Indy 500, is denser than any NFL or college football game. Supposedly, it's bigger than even any two of the biggest NFL and or college games. So this non-mainstream series has maybe the hugest American sports logistical problem right now. In other words, IndyCar, not popular at all. It's an afterthought. But ironically, it has the most fans to worry about. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway, IMS, is so, so, so massive. So if you run the race without fans, there is way more space than you need for social distancing. You could spread people out. Until the end of time. I mean, nobody is going to get close to anybody else, which makes running the race possible, right? Except the race teams would be very close together in one tiny section of the track. But also, IndyCar is in the same club as college sports. Right now, colleges are worrying about potentially losing football money this fall, which might put them in trouble when it comes to paying for all athletic scholarships. And they say it might lead them to cutting sports. The Indy 500 is kind of like one really big college football game or even one really big college football program. IndyCarologists say that one race pays for the entire series. How much TV money exactly comes from the broadcast rights to the Indy 500, we can't find, but it is reportedly not close to being enough to bail out an entire series all by itself. So IndyCar needs the enormous sunburned crowds to show up for the sake of every race on the schedule. Now, baseball, on the other hand, for example, had horrendous crowds last season, but TV and digital subscription cash is gushing in, so no problem. The Indianapolis Business Journal publication says the Indy 500 makes better than $50 million for the racetrack. Again, we have no idea, but that seems low unless it's after expenses. If 100,000 people showed up to the Indy 500, which would also be low, all it would take to make a million dollars is for every single woman, man, and child to spend 10 bucks. That is easily accomplished. It's impossible to miss. It is a $10 per person bar for tickets, parking, food, souvenirs, and Anything else I can't think of. A guy who comes up to you and makes balloon animals and then you have to pay for it. Somebody, I mean, I guess, are there tables at the Indy 500s that somebody takes up, comes up and takes your picture? And it's always the best picture you've ever seen of yourself and then you have to pay for it. I mean, anything we can't think of. Even if parking falls under a different company, it is still impossible to miss 
10 bucks for every person that attends. So if that happens, that's a million dollars right there. All right, now consider that the race actually draws around 300,000 people. Now 10 bucks each, which is impossibly low, raises $3 million. Double that, which also seems low, seems very doable, okay? Double that, and that is $6 million already. And then there's the suites and the expensive food and the waiters and waitresses for the high rollers. And this is all before any TV money is factored in. So it seems like even just the track should be making more than $50 million, And I mean a lot more than $50 million. But uh, honestly, I don't know where we were going with this because this still proves the point that the one race – pays for the entire series. The one race, the Indy 500, pays for everything and every team on the schedule. We're still uh, proving that point, so I'm not sure where we're going with this. Uh, So the race is clearly very vital to the series. So can't run the Indy 500 with no fans or won't run the Indy 500 with no fans? Won't and can't. Now, look, as a fan... You want to see a race. You want the long, long IndyCar season to finally end. And you likely don't know anyone who works either at the track or on an IndyCar team. But a lot of people would lose their jobs just to bring the one race back. You know, temporarily, you, you, you get a race for a few hours. But for that, a lot of people are going to lose jobs. So in that case, can't. In no way. Do I want to see a sports league come back? Now, I want them all back and back soon. But in no way do I want to see a sports league come back at the expense of everyone's jobs. This obviously won't surprise you, but for emphasis, former driver Derek Daly, whose son Connor should be IndyCar's crossover star guy. Where's the documentary about that? Anyway, Derek Daly. He told the Indianapolis Business Journal that without the Indy 500, 90% of the sponsors would not be involved with IndyCar. And he added the smaller race teams would all likely fold. The Indy 500 is now August 23rd. Says in the yearbook at hot, uh, hotmail.com to contact us. You can subscribe, listen to back episodes, uh, complain to yourself or anybody else who will listen uh, or us will listen. Even during the off season, we cannot stop talking about the 2019 Kent State University football team. They should definitely have been an even huger story. Now, now there's plenty of time to talk about them, but even then, there should have been a huge discussion about how far below sea level the Golden Flash's football team was. I mean, if you follow football at all, college football at all, you probably know that they've been bad for a very long time, but it really should be discussed openly, if it provided the school will, just how far down... The program has been. Now, rightfully so, it was hailed as a miracle when Kansas State University football, KSU, there's another KSU, it was hailed as a miracle when Kansas State football got not just competitive, but good in the 90s and then very good. That was a miracle because prior to that, the Kansas State Wildcats had been awful every year. The KSU had one advantage over Kent State, and that is they'd always been a major conference school. Kent State has never had the benefit of a big league, 
big money or a big home game every other year automatically with Nebraska and Oklahoma. Nebraska and Oklahoma, and now other schools have to come to Kansas State to play. So that's an advantage even if you're terrible. So Kent State, though, was historically terrible and invisible. Then Coach Sean Lewis came to town in 2018 and immediately picked on arch-rival Akron right away. I think in his first press conference, uh, even on Kent State's website, Akron on the, the Kent State football schedule, you see the Akron logo, but Akron is referred to only as TSDTR. I think we got that right. That's school down the road. TSDTR, that's school down the road. Even Auburn and Alabama's schedules on their websites refer to their arch rivals by their actual names. Not at Kent State. All right, so let's uh, fast forward to last November because this is the reason the Kent State story is so great. The Flashes were losing by three touchdowns to Buffalo with less than eight minutes left in the game. Kent State then scores a touchdown but was still destined for loss number seven on the season. Then kicker Matthew Trickett came to town, which isn't true because he'd already been there. I think he'd been there for a couple of years already. In 2018, a Kent State kicker, not Trickett, recovered his own onside kick against Penn State, a highlight that went viral when former NFL player Pat McAfee put together a fake play-by-play of it. After that season, that kicker transferred, and last November against Buffalo, Trickett recovered his own onside kick, a highlight that went practically unnoticed. That set up the touchdown that suddenly made a three-touchdown comeback in less than eight minutes seem possible, and ultimately Kent State won, never lost again, finished 6-6, six and six, just good enough to get to a bowl where they got their first bowl win in school history. Had Trickett not recovered that kick, which is difficult for a kicker to do, and Trickett even said they hadn't really practiced that type of play. Had he not recovered that kick, supposedly Kent State's backups were waiting to come onto the field. So Buffalo would have had a two-touchdown lead and the ball facing the Flash's second stringers. Kent State allegedly would have conceded the game and effectively the season because they would have fallen to three and seven, and six wins is the absolute positive, bare minimum least to qualify for a bowl game. The Flashes only qualified because a long-shot trick play got them the ball back with just 2.2 games left in their season. That onside recovery gets them three close wins and then a bowl upset. One of the great, I mean, Kent State has had extremely rare better records before. Seasons in school history came unbelievably close to not ever happening. In a back-to-the-future moment, Coach Sean Lewis is passionate hard work works speech immediately following the bowl game win it would have disappeared off the TV, off your phone it would have disappeared off the picture replaced by a regular season speech to the fan base about how Kent State improved from two wins his first season to at least three wins in his second season remember the depths Kent State came from and the depths they may yet return to and it's just amazing how much hinged on one long shot play but all anyone wants to talk about is LSU, Alabama and Clemson ironically Alabama's going to have to talk about Kent State because they play next September you still with me? (laughs) is this thing on? so if you're binging on Netflix, and you search Netflix for Harlem Wizards. The Harlem Wizards are a touring, trick-shot basketball team like the Harlem Globetrotters, except the Wizards. The Globetrotters tend to play arenas. The Wizards tend to play at local schools. 
uh, or, or municipal uh, arenas as fundraisers. Anyway, search Harlem Wizards. Just Harlem Wizards. Nothing else. All right, Just search Harlem Wizards on Netflix, and it literally brings up nothing on Netflix. Even though the Netflix-produced sports series Losers has eight episodes, and one entire episode is dedicated to Jack Ryan, a member of the Harlem Wizards. And it's not like Jack Ryan, who has a movie about his life schedule to come out, I think, next year. It's not like Jack Ryan once spoke to a Harlem Wizard in a grocery store 30 years ago. The Harlem Wizards, he says, in the series, saved his life. Jack Ryan plays for the Wizards right now. It's featured in the episode. Jack Ryan is the team's most famous current member right now. Yet Netflix's search option is blissfully unaware. <laughs> 